0: Hello everyone! Welcome back to another edition of Star Sound Speaks. This is episode one seventy-three. Wow, amazing! Um, this is your host Eriana Samsara, and I'm so delighted because I'm starting a new series with this. Um, this is the first episode of a series on all the, the sun and all the various signs of the zodiac. So we're, it's Cancer season, so we're starting with Cancer, and I'm so delighted because I have with here with me. Both Rachel Middleton and Lindsay Natale joining us, East and West Coasts. Um, thank you, girls. I'm so grateful, you know, that you're back here and you're helping me inaugurate um, this particular series. You know, it's interesting because um, cancer, you know, it's it's the goddess, it's feminine energy and it's cardinal energy. So it's very auspicious, I suppose, that that I started with. Um, it just kind of fell into place right now, and uh, I just so grateful. I can't imagine. Uh, better people to uh, you know that I'm I'm getting help and I'm um, you know just enjoying that support so um, it's all good yummy cancer stuff but anyway so before I get started just to introduce you guys if you're new to the channel um, um, all of us uh, we we practice astrology and um, we were all connected through a Chuta Das's nightlight astrology course so we all have a good old strong background in ancient astrology or Hellenistic astrology. So we use whole sign houses and um, lots of, well, of course, Rachel, she, she's very multidisciplinary with her astrology. Um, So um, anyway, um, so there's that. And um, so just to kind of introduce yourselves, Rachel, do you want to
1: just say hi and... Sure. Hi. Nice to be here again. Thank you so much for having us back. Um, I'm really excited to talk about cancer today. It's one of my favorite signs. Being cancer. <laughs> you are. Yeah, I know. How lucky is that? We're we're As yeah. a song, get the we're very, cancer in the house. We like each other. We, we're partial to ourselves. We're very clannish. So yes, and thank thank you for having me to talk about this.
0: Oh gosh, that's that's perfect. Clannish, right? Um, And iHeartAstrology.net is, uh, Rachel and Lindsay both do readings, and um, iHeartAstrology.net is Rachel's channel, or her uh, website, and you can contact her through that. And um, Lindsay has an awesome, if you haven't seen already, please check it out, it's awesome, El Natale Astrology, N-A-T-A-L-E, I'll put the link below. Um, Fabulous astrology channel, Uh, you'll love her videos, and uh, very well-researched. And and El Natale Gardening, because she's a absolutely fabulous organic gardener as well. And so um, very great, fun videos, very informative and educational, so don't miss it. I hear my cat behind me. Okay, all right, now there's two cats in the room. (laughs) I hope this doesn't end badly. Okay, guys. No, you, no, of all the doors that he, he wants to go in, it's, you know, the one behind me as I'm recording, of course, hold on a second, guys, I got to do a little intervention here. Ah. Okay, that was interesting. That's, that would be my a preamble for Leo season, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're a month ahead, Lucas, okay, you, you're not not here yet. So anyway, so fun. All right, so let's, let's just have fun. You know, cancer, um, cancer being a cardinal sign, Um, the thema mundi, I just thought we might want to start talking about that. Um, In ancient astrology, there is this thema mundi is Latin for, excuse me, like the world map. And according to the ancient astrologers, they, uh, you know, this has a philosophical foundation as well as a, you know, it's, it's empirical. It's like observing the skies and understanding the archetypes we start the chart i know in modern astrology you often see it's like aries first house like the beginning of spring you know pegged to the equinoxes but um the solstices and equinoxes but with cancer it's um being it's the thema mundi starts with the world map starts with the first house is cancer and that being birth, right it makes sense it's like the pattern of of life as we move through life birth so that's why cancer rules pregnancy, birth, fertility, vitality, you know, things like that. And then um, and then Leo being the next sign, you know, on by the sun, and it, you know, it moves from there. But um, the whole idea around, you know, water, it's a cardinal sign. It's the initial beginning of summer in the northern hemisphere, winter in the, in the south in the south. But um, you know, when we follow the path of light, you know, it's this, it's this great fruition, you know because in the northern hemisphere it's summer, right? So it's the fruition of light and, and, and sunshine and um, so it's a water sign. it's a feminine sign. it's ruled by the moon. These, I'm just going to run through some facts here um, before we get into it. Um, but Jupiter, Jupiter is the moon is the domicile ruler, which means that the moon is that is the 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 Airbnb right <laughs> of, of cancers. They're ruled by the moon and uh, Jupiter is the exaltation ruler. In in ancient astrology, we have things called triplicity rulers and and exaltation rulers. So Jupiter, it's all about increase and abundance. So naturally, Jupiter, it's very supportive. Um, So um, anyway, just having said that, okay, enough of me chatting here. What would you like to share about, you know, what comes to your mind around cancer and what what people need to know about, you know, if they're a cancer son or have any planets in cancer or how to deal with the cancer. I know I have some people in my life, but we might as well start with you, Rachel, since you are the in-house cancer. Tell us about what is it like to be a cancer?
1: Well, first of all, I cannot give away, I can't speak on behalf of all cancers, of course. And if I could, and I gave away our secrets, I would be totally in trouble. So I'll, I have some tips, but um, the main thing I always tell people about cancer is that whatever you see going on with cancers, it's the tip of the iceberg. And so for that reason, like it really is like in my own experience and I've see, you know talked in private with a lot of other cancers to confirm this, like it is very hard for cancers to feel like they're understood by somebody else. So it's really great when cancers get together. That's why cancer-cancer bonds are really strong because there's a lot that's unspoken in all the water signs and it's <laughs> true in cancer. As my cancer baby just speaks up. <laughs> there you go. You know, sun, moon, and mercury all in cancer. So he's very cancerian. But um, when we do talk, we, we can be a little bit, um, loud but we're we're more like uh, comfortable usually being in like a listening role a receptive role it's why cancers are like excellent friends to like talk to I and, and you'll often hear that like cancer will be the person that you like exactly. end up like like intimate secrets about because they're they're good receivers. So I'm gonna go on mute
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. They are receivers. Yeah, you're right. And and it's all about nurturing and um, family and home and feeling secure. Like you said, if you're a good listener, yeah, you feel safe that you can open up with, you know, mother superior. (laughs) Well, maybe not mother superior, but yeah, emotional, um, that need of that your vulnerability is being heard and listened to. And how about you, Lindsay, What, what, what comes to mind when you think about the archetype of cancer?
2: Yeah, when I think about the archetype of cancer, I love that you brought up the theme of Mundi, because when I learned about that, it made so much more sense than Aries starting. Well, Aries makes a lot of sense because it's that big bang kind of energy. But by the time the humanity comes into things, which I think when we look at, you know, a natal chart, it's very human centered um, for, for people. When we talk about natal charts for people, it's very human centered. And when when the earth when we came onto the earth as humans we came initially into water when we we're in utero and we also developed in water as a species you know our entire you know earth anything that's alive started in the water so it makes a whole lot more sense to me that the of mundi and it doesn't have as much to do with um the hemispheres or anything like that as well as when it, it's starting and it, it i love that we can think about it as just this all encompassing birth, primordial water where everything begins.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. Thank you. That's beautifully said. So Thanks. I just pulled this up so people could see what we're talking about here. And here's the sign of Cancer, and that is r- ruling the ascendant, right? The moon. And then here, you know, the two luminaries, right? This uh, the moon and the sun. And then it goes in order of the planets. It's just, I love the design of when, and that's what I really am so grateful for learning ancient astrology. It's like the design and the elegance, the beauty and the symmetry of the universe. And mm-hmm. here in our local so- solar system, it's, it's just a fractal of that larger beauty. But here we have this beautiful, um, you know, the Mercury, you know, being closer to the sun, then Venus, and then we have earth, of course, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, right? The the ancients, for everyone who's, you know, new to astrology or may not know, why are we not showing Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto? Because they weren't discovered until the 18th, 19th, and 20th centuries uh, in the Western mind. Uh, So that, so for thousands of years, this is all that the ancients could see. They could only see the Saturn. But yeah, so this whole idea about cancer and, Cancer, you know, being that rising sign, the birth, the mm-hmm. the, the uh, coming out of the womb. And then yes. the sun is like, hey, I, it's me, I'm here, I'm separate, right? The sun, like you think Leo, the sun, the ego. Like I'm separate from my mother's womb. I, I am my own person and I've mm-hmm. just emerged. You know, now what am I gonna do with my life? Well, I'm gonna start talking. You know,
2: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but to stick with the cancer archetype and stick with the idea of the moon and the cancer, Um, I really like too, that the moon is the ruler of that first house in the thema mundi of cancer, because it has so much to do with the water, the tides. It's very earth earth bound. It's a piece of the earth that, you know, it was another planet that smashed into the, the earth and became two. So it's, it's a piece of us. That's this satellite, but we're part of the moon and the moon is part of us as well. So I love that, that, it's, it's, it's very ground grounding in our experience that we have day to day as well. The cancer experience is very, um, it's very earth earth-based, you know, like you said, wanting to have nurturing and wanting to have security and wanting to understand family and home. That's all very lunar as well.
0: Oh, I, I love it. That's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and the fact that the, um, you're right. It, it's the closest celestial object to the earth. So naturally, it's going to have an effect on us. And as we know, with the tides and planting, you know, here you are the organic gardener, right? You know, it's like, when do you plant? You plant on the new moon. You, you never plant on a balsamic moon. And it, exactly. It, it, it all makes so much sense.
2: Yeah. Yes. And it's also like you said, you're, you're talking a really great point about how you said, first, you've got that cancer energy, which is very. It's, it's, it's initiating, but it's also an interior initiation. It's for the soul, it's for the emotion and it's for finding out who you are. And then when you get to Leo, it's like, okay, here I am. I'm ready to shine it out. But you need to have that interior space first. You need to have that quiet moment. You have to have the, the receptive where before you can shine it out, you kind of need to know what you're going to shine out. And I think you can find that in the cancer archetype in any place in your everybody has it in their chart somewhere it's where where do you need to go to find that groundedness in in security securing yourself your own emotions your soul in order to put that back out into the world and share that with others
0: yeah that's really beautiful you know what what maybe we what came to me as you were saying that is maybe we could go around the zodiac wheel and we could say okay if you have cancer in the if you have if you have can a cancer rising, you know what kind of uh you know that energy, and then second house, third house, you know, kind of go around the wheel. What do you think of that? You're you want to start,
1: Rachel? <laughs> you want to start? Yeah, yeah, I would love to. That sounds great. I mean, we're not going to be able to be exhaustive by any means, but um, I definitely have always said cancer rising very different than cancer sun, Absolutely. like. Uh, uh, the rising sign will always talk about your physical appearance. So people that have cancer rising and the moon is their, their chart ruler. Um, so this is gonna make for, because the moon rules uh, uh, them, they have like a very changeable, much more so than everybody else look, uh, mood. Uh, cancer is above all I always say moody. And it's like um, not a bad thing. It's like the full capacity for the emotional spectrum without like the judgment, without like it's other people that have a problem with cancer's moodiness, usually not cancer. Mm -hmm. But I which I get not everybody is as emotionally intelligent. Um, and I'm not saying that every cancer is, but they're definitely emotionally literate, right? Because they go through the whole shenanigan like the the zodiac like the zodiac in a month, the sign that that there is their thing. So that's really important to watch if you're a cancer rising is also always cancer risings and people that have uh, the moon ruling like important things in their chart. Eclipses are gonna be more important. Full moons are gonna be more important. The lunar cycle in general is gonna be more important and you're more uh, receptive to you know, uh, the transits of the moon. So whatever the transits of the planet that rules your 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 chart is uh whenever you want to think about cancer think about the moon for sure mm-hmm. so um so we can take that same logic when we go around the zodiac I mean, at the wheel of the, the houses and know that if you have cancer ruling your second house your finances are going to be also like ruled by that moon and ruled by that changeability not always because there are ch- rulers that come into play but all the there's somewhere triplicity moon in every water sign anyway so uh the the cancer moon is so strong so people when you have um cancer transiting every month through the sign of cancer in the moon sign if you are cancer rising that's going to be a really intense strong like time for you um so this is uh and it's going to be a little bit flavored differently because the moon is the translator of light and picks up the energies of all the planets It's, it's like the it's the flashlight that moves really quickly And, um, so cancer risings are awesome people, but they, you know, they have, I think, you know, a tougher time than they get like credit for it. Cause a lot of times you'll get a cancer rising. That's like something else in Aquarius and they'll be like, not understand why they're so sensitive. Mm -hmm. Like it won't, especially because Aquarius is in King Kong's aspect to cancer. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's very important, uh, to watch the moon if you're a first house cancer. So that's the one thing I'd say about the first house.
2: Yeah, I can piggyback on that. Um, I found that I have somebody uh, very close to two people in my family. that are very, very close to me that are cancer rising um, and they're um, going to be getting married. So it's uh, they're Well, my one's one's my family member and one's going to be marrying into the family, but they're both cancer rising and took a long time for um, this person in my family to find a partner. And this cancer connection, like Rachel said, it's so. Beautiful to watch because I feel like uh, her whole life that she wasn't feeling like she was connecting emotionally, especially to partners. And then when she finally found this partner, it's so great to watch them. And I loved learning about astrology to look further into the ascendant. For example, for this person in my life, she has cancer rising, but her moon is up in the 10th house in Aries. So Mm -hmm. she, and so she does, she changes her hair. She changes her look. She um, she has mermaid kind of hair colors yeah. and stuff like that and um, and and the emotions are very on the surface it's very easy to see so that's that 10th house it's it's visible to all and in Aries you know the moon in Aries it's fire it's like a volcano on the moon sometimes it's like a volcano
1: on the moon. yeah <laughs> I love it
2: um but the partner is cancer. <laughs> yeah he's Emotion. cancer, he's cancer <laughs> sun cancer rising so you hurt my feelings no, he's just... more he's much more nurturing and he can take that he can understand her emotions and i just think it's so beautiful to watch and to pinpoint like so he's a double version of he's like even more of a cancer rising because he's cancer sun and cancer rising i'm not oh sure my where goodness. The moon is.
0: they're gonna have a mermaid 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 baby
2: (laughs) (laughs) yes and she even has a little little mermaid is tattooed on her arm oh
0: there you go yeah yeah it tells you everything that's Mm -hmm. that's incredible um yeah you know and i think too around the um oh let's let's just keep going with the zodiac i'll bring that back here to us for us so second house yeah so you made a little allude, allusion to that Rachel, if you have cancer in your second house of so money finances personal possessions.
1: <clears throat>
0: maybe there's a holding on, you know because cancers tend to cling right it's like the crab like has this crabby. You know you think about the arc the crab with his claws and he needs to feel safe and he can cling and that's that's kind of a, one of the things I want to say is a negative trait of cancer of cancer is you know, when you, it's good to cling, but sometimes clinging and too long.
2: Yeah, that's the negative um, uh, dark mother kind of image that comes up with the shadow side, I think, of cancer. It would be that clinging and not letting the baby or the, you know, the baby grow into, um, you know, what it's meant to be, a grown person. So that's that mother archetype. It's a shadow side of cancer that I've experienced with people, other people in my life and watching that, how they sort of smother, smother. yeah, it's overwhelming. And the person doesn't get what they need in order to move forward as a grown person. They're sort of arrested development. And and I think that's a shadow version of, um, yeah, cancer behavior. yeah.
1: Definitely, I will say that cancer archetype related to the mother, and people that have cancer energy often have some kind of mother issue, for better or for worse, and usually both, um, in their in their situation. Wherever you have cancer, and if you have cancer planets, but I also want to make an, a distinction that the way people experience cancer and the way that cancer is in itself as a sign are not the same. Because yes, the clinginess can happen from a cancer human being that is or a heavily influenced by the sign cancer human being who doesn't like that changeability in itself cancer mm-hmm. so where you have that sign unless it's in a personal place personal planet or the first house for example it's going to describe not you as a person so gemini risings with cancer in the second house are they clinging with money in my experience gemini risings are not cheap for to, for the most part and and hoardy with money they actually spend and cycle their money pretty quickly. They, they, they have a lot of like lunar, like in and out kind of flow. And it can also, I've also seen many uh, organic farmers with or, and people in the food service industry with Gemini rising, because it's one of the ways it's like a, a, a kind of a industry is ruled by that's Cancerian, um, And so it's where your resources come from. And also, um, you know, the second house has to do with things that support you and that you support both. So, again, it's not going to be exactly the same. We can talk about cancer's general significations, which do are important, but then look to the moon placement in that chart Mm -hmm. and see where it's going to come from. It's going to come from not just the ruler of cancer and the moon. It's going to be the triplicity rulers, actually, that are going to tell. So that'll be, you know different parts of the life the triplicity rulers of water which are venus Mars, and the moon um in that order for day and then you would switch it and it would be mars venus and the moon in the order but the moon is still going to be the last part of life money place for all the cancer risings so i mean gemini risings so um yeah, it's, a, it's 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 very important when we're looking at the houses and talking about the sign in the house and like the, the sign in that house to realize that people aren't the same as signs. Signs are really big like energies and people's responsive to, to them in different places. Like maybe you do want to have like changeability. Like changeability for the human is hard because we are like just trying to keep up. That kind of hard for humans, but it's like it's actually sometimes a good flow for things like money, because in yeah. and out, like the, the, the flow of things, instead of being stagnant, sometimes could be better. So, But ups and downs and changes throughout the money situation is also something I've seen with Gemini Risings. Mm. So That's if you're right. as a Gemini Rising, don't fret. It's going to get better quick, <laughs> hopefully.
0: OK, what about third house? Rachel, uh, or Lindsay, you want to, who wants to talk about third house? Lindsay, you have any? If you have Cancer in your third house, ruling the third house.
2: Yeah, the third house that would put um, what Taurus on the ascendant?
0: Yeah. And then, um, you know, just, I think we can just focus more on the cancer part of this, like cancer would be, you know, I would say emotional communication, very vulnerable Mm -hmm. communicating. And again, of course it depends on where the moon is. So yeah,
2: what, what I would say, yeah, exactly. Just to be more, yeah, we can just bring it, you know, more succinct and just give some, some keywords, I think that would be great. Um, but for, for cancer, for cancer in the third house, what I would say is you, you talked about communication. This would be somebody who's really, um, instinctually, emotionally, and soul connected to their communication. So when they speak, when they express themselves, it goes very, very deep and they could possibly, you know, share, not wanna share as much of their soul because they can't help it. Like all of it wants to come out. <laughs> so um, it could be very difficult at times to you know express, express that um, without being hurt based on reactions mm-hmm. to people and your communication, but not just speaking. This could be writing, could be photography, music, anything, anything like that. But also um, I would say that this person can trust their instincts on what they have to say. Mm. but it might be something that they have to learn through time to be able to trust their instincts to speak and communicate their truth.
0: Mm, Beautiful, thank you. Then the fourth house, fourth house ruling the home. Um, And this would be, uh, you know, for me, what comes up is this, you know, very, uh, very emotionally attached to one's roots, probably very passionate around genealogy and family history, um, things of that nature. Um, you know, homebody for sure, or cozy at home. And, you know, these are, again, general significations that can very much be mitigated by the position of the moon and the sign of the moon is in and and the aspects it makes to that fourth house. But just generally speaking, yeah, cancer in the fourth, um, that, you know, emotional homeland, you know, a a deep current that connects one to the past and to the home. That's what I I don't know.
1: Mm -hmm. One, like to me. one thing about when we have Cancer on the fourth, we have Aries rising. And so we're going to have the cardinal cross um, mm-hmm. as an axis. So the moon is going to be, again, just like when it was on the first house, a stronger player. Eclipses are going to affect the angles more and more dramatically. And then we're going to have a cardinal person. But like the cardinal energies have an interest, like all of this, the, the energies that are... Um, of the same modality, cardinal, fixed or mutable, have an interesting chemistry with them. So when we have somebody that's an Aries rising who's ruled by Mars and the sun is exalted, in that cancer place in their life, it's a square energy. So um, like Mm -hmm. the Aries rising wants to go out and be like independent and, and known for themselves and do what they want when they want. But having cancer on the fourth house of the home and of, you know, if in traditional it would be father, there's that like very traditional type of, um, lunar energy hidden in the most dark night of the chart. So I would say that one thing about the fourth house to remember is it's in the midnight, it's invisible, but that is a, is a very compatible energy with cancer, which is silence, which is like the womb that like, it's the, the, The exterior shell of the crab, the crab symbol is also very telling for cancer. I always think about that, you know, they're on the threat, they live in the threshold between water and earth on on the side, they walk sideways. They have this hard shell. It's like, a cancer is very comfortable with contradiction Mm -hmm. uh, and it can embrace it in a way without the judgment or the aggression of the rest of the cardinal signs. So it's a good energy to have on the fourth house, in my opinion. And again, everything we always said about, you know the moon being a, a role player in um the fourth house matters is going to be key so yeah
0: okay fifth house the house of pleasure the joy of venus love affairs um sex <laughs> romance uh children childhood creativity what do you think
1: this is a Pisces rising, and these people are extremely romantic, in my experience, and they have like uh, very um, romanticized views about children sometimes, and all the Cancer stuff. Like, they can be excellent cooks and excellent, like, take a lot of pleasure and joy in spending time with kids. Um, and and it's like, it's like because it's that fifth house, it's like um, the Cancer things. They really enjoy the Cancer energy. Yeah, they like cooking it, you know, and
2: crafts. And,
1: yeah. yeah being at home they're like okay with being at home a little bit more than the average bear
2: yeah and i'd say that this is a person that also doesn't mind retreat likes to go to be on their own and enjoy that alone time to have that space for themselves too in there it's fun for them to kind of have that space of their own in their home their own little spot and have their and also a lot of water activities They love to swim or they love to, you know, maybe not swim, but anything that has to be around water, that's really pleasurable and enjoyable activities for them.
0: Bubble baths, staycation, (laughs)
2: that's all very right. Water, water is critical for their joy and pleasure and happiness.
0: How about the sixth house? We've got the, that's a a tough house. That's the joy of Mars, the sixth house, right? It's like a little, it can be a struggle can be con- conflicting.
1: Yes, and also, so the sixth house, when you have cancer on the sixth house, we have Aquarius rising. And anytime you have six, sixth house and eighth house are in aversion to uh, the ascendant, that ascendant. energy is different. Um, it's not this, It's not a compatible element or a compatible modality, and it could be a blind spot that you have. So um, when you have cancer on the sixth, you have to be careful sometimes about how your emotions are affecting your health unconsciously. <laughs> That's something that people that have a strong moon placement are very aware of. And I think it's something that we're all, it's true about all human beings. The mind-body connection is real for all of us. But when you have cancer and, or the moon on this, on the six, it can be a blind spot that that's, that's happening for you. And it's also, again, the house of uh, work and toil. And so it can feel like a drag sometimes, some of those cancer things. The struggle to take care of oneself, (laughs) you know?
0: Self care—that's a or, real, yeah, experience.
2: or even all overindulgence. You know, and having to not being able to control, uh, maybe emotional eating or something like that could be an issue. Um, or control
0: their mother, or be a controlling mother. <laughs> <laughs> it could be all of the above. All right, now we're into the seventh house. So we've got Cancer, that would be in a Capricorn rising, and as Cancer on the seventh house cusp, which is the marriage house, it's. Any partnerships, collaborations with others, seventh house
1: needs yeah. to be mothered in a relationship. I don't know.
0: <laughs> there was this guy that I dated years ago, and a friend of mine. Um, when I, you know, when I was looking at his chart, I was learning astrology, and I was just asking about like, what do you think this? You know, he got cancer on this guy who's dating. He's got cancer on the seventh house cusp, and well, she was she was very um very um, like tell like it is you know uh, but she she said well i don't know about this guy you know he he's he's got to be mothered he wants to be mothered in his relationships he's got and i'm like oh my god that's so true like and and i i used to have to stop him sometimes and say you know i am not your mother or i am not your secretary but he like he needed this care and support all the time and i'm like it's okay it's to a certain point but then it's like it, it got a, it got a lot it was enough. it was a lot <laughs> Yeah, cancer on that seventh house.
1: Yeah, definitely I, go ahead, Rachel. Go ahead, Lindsay? <laughs> oh, I was just
2: going to say the people uh, people that I've experienced with Capricorn rising which puts cancer on the seventh house, it obviously will depend where the moon is, but to to tell, talk about the partner, um that will talk about the marriage partner or people that you can get along with well in life or that maybe will be 7th um, house is also uh, enemies that are out in the open right
0: open enemies the yeah open
2: enemies so it'd be, it could be also people it just think about that capricorn rising energy is just so opposite of cancer energy too like they just i mean They're everything eyes. has an opposite but those two it's like that really is can be diametrically opposed with what you what you present to the world and what you um, are trying to balance in your relationship so i can see how that can sometimes be depending on where the moon is though yeah
1: absolutely i have i have one weird thing that i've known i'm I'm running through my 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 rolodex of all the cancer uh risings that i know and it's like (laughs) something out in me and um definitely all of them in my in my case that i remember um all men um have very uh high respect for like the mothers in their lives either their Mm. own mothers. Or the, the if they ha- if they're in a relationship and they have kids, they're they're the, the mother of their children. Did um, you say
2: Capricorn and- rising or Cancer yeah. rising? Yeah. Okay. Cap- For, talking about Capricorn rising. Okay.
1: Yeah. So Moon on the seventh. So they really honor the partner's of mothering, um, and that's So yes, they could definitely want to have that get back if they don't like. But but if they're in a relationship where they're they are representing their father archetype because that that's that's them as Capricorn rising the fulfilling that archetype they will um respond strongly to the mother archetype in other people and that doesn't have to be their primary partner only Mm -hmm. um definitely Mm -hmm. and uh, you know evidence out and um you know, this, so again, it's, a, and yes, I agree that they want a lot of care in relationships, but they give, like, the ones that I'm thinking of are just as equally giving care. It's like the seventh house shows the kind of partner that maybe you want, and especially the first triplicity ruler, it shows that even more. Uh, but sometimes, like, specifically, Earth and a more multitrustful, but uh, in general, like, the kind of quality of a partner, it shows like your ideal, what you idealized. want. Idealized. Yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. What you
1: actually end up with is more the triple. rule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the ideal like oh that would be shown by the moon sign and then cancer so yeah so definitely more of a tra- cancer is very traditional Capricorn is the yes. most conservative sign of the zodiac and ca- ca- it's cancer is the most feminine so d- definitely in this type of person is going to maybe be uh, a little bit more not always in all cases but like more in the traditional scheme of wanting to have that kind of uh, experience
0: mm-hmm. nice thank you All right, 8th house, the 8th house, the idol place, as they call it in ancient astrology, 8th house, sex, death, and taxes, (laughs)
2: life and death and taxes. The, the Did eighth, I say the taxes? Eighth, <laughs> yeah, you said taxes. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that the eighth house for me, I love thinking about the eighth house. Um, I'm Scorpio rising. So eighth house is an energy I enjoy thinking about. Um, so the eighth house for me is more than just that. It's that, but it's also going back to how we were tribal at some point for a long, long period of time. And the fear mm, yeah. that goes with the eighth house is the feel of, feeling of insecurity of not being supported. So, if you don't have your tribe, you don't have the support that you're fearful of losing constantly, um, that's a loss that it could cause some fear. So, if you have cancer there, um, it's probably a really deep, deep water, um, a deep very water, deep a very water. sensitive spot. Um, probably need a lot more, um, a rec- not recognition, but um, reassurance that everything's going to be okay. Mm,
0: yeah, because you think about the concept of survival.
2: Yes, you know, the survivalist,
0: converse. deep subconscious patterns of survival. Yeah, that and and a fear of letting go. You know, as the idol like, like in the um, you know how the the progression of the light is starting to fade and go down into the descendant. So it's like, oh, I'm h-
2: hanging on, not hanging on.
0: You know, right, and nurtured in the unknown. It's like that's thinking too problem.
2: those old times. Like you need the fire, you need people, you need the people around you to survive. Yeah. and the the cancer the cancer in the eighth yeah we might be have a need for a clan or a help have a group around them to feel secure in that way
0: yeah help them through those those survival issues yeah you're right family and clan i like that i that that word clan clannishness yeah and then we have the ninth house ninth house the house of god in ancient astrology so it has to do with the uh, spiritual wisdom, philosophy, religion, um, you know, uh, travel, foreigners, foreign travel, uh, foreign
2: cultures. So, cancer, yeah. there, I have cancer, there. So, oh, you do? Have, oh, yeah, well,
0: well, Eric, fire <laughs> <I have> away, <laughs> cancer
2: in the ninth house. Um, I have cancer in the ninth house, Aquarius, moon in the fourth. So, yeah, it's it, it goes really to any sort of education, philosophy, higher learning, anything that's travel oriented, different cultures, obviously I'm married to an Italian from Italy. I, um, that's my home, my home. I imported, you know, travel <laughs> to my home. Um, but for any general, anything general, I would say that when you have a person with cancer in ninth house, that those things go straight to the heart. Um, philosophy, religion, not necessarily, but uh, spiritualism, um, ninth house also has to do with um learning and astrology right so yeah. if you are interested in astrology that can also rachel and i've talked to that before like you can look at your tri- triplicity ruler and you can find out what kind of astrology that you really should be doing and be focusing on so it's a good Beautiful. thank you
0: <laughs> cancer cancer ruling the 10th that's me um yeah so i have to be like the um Mother Superior, no, just deep emotional connections in in my career and in my in in the public eye. You know, I have to say, I I I hate those like auto generated emails. Like running a business and having, you know, of course there's efficiency, but I don't like when you know, dear Sorry. blank, you know, and like, oh no, I I have to I have to personalize everything, and I need to just. It's so important to me to to create that emotional bond and talk to people and you know, just to, how are you and personalize it? You know, how is your dog doing? You know, I, I can't, it, it has to be that deep emotional bonding. And it, that's not always easy, especially in the business world. You know, they don't, it's yeah. when I work in the corporate world, not at any time.
2: Just wanting to riff off of that, but did you feel like sensitive in your ability, in your work in a way that you put yourself out there? And if people didn't necessarily appreciate what you were doing, did it kind of go straight to your heart?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And in my earlier years when I worked in the corporate world and um, it was like, I, I also had female bosses and they were basically the bosses from hell. I mean, you know, <laughs> they really were. It reminded me of, what was that movie the um,
2: with Meryl Streep? Oh and, yeah, The Devil Wears Prada.
0: Yeah, yeah, I just laughed at Well, I was in New York and, and I just remember thinking, oh, this is the story of my life. You know, I mean, all these, this, this crazy woman who just wanted everything. Uh, and your life, you know, <laughs>
2: on yeah, the I have, ladder. yeah, I have a dear friend and she has the same placement and she has um, Saturn, Mercury um, MC up in 10th house cancer. And she she gets into these position where she becomes the mother in her work. So she mothers the people in her work she's the mother archetype for people coming to her for problem solving people coming to her to you know out offload their cry emotions on their shoulder, cry right. on their shoulder it was so, the kind
0: of person that would have like the, like i remember this i i didn't know astrology back then when i was in the corporate world back in the in, in the 80s but there was a woman there's always one archetype somebody in the office always has like a a big glass jar full of like jelly beans or something and people will go in and talk and they offload and they you know it's like right. there's always somebody like that and that's very cancerian here let mm-hmm. me need you as we talk about your feelings
2: totally
1: 100
2: you know. yeah. so all
0: right um 11th house house the house of the joy of jupiter friends alliances uh peers colleagues hopes wishes dreams groups group thinks groupthink is that a word groupthink group dash think (laughs) anyway
1: um that's placement actually i'm gonna as a a son in uh, 11th house cancer son so and i've definitely participated in a ton of groups and i love them and it's like i feel really at home in all the groups that i've ever participated in i'm in a lot of mom's groups (laughs) also literal experience of it um and the 11th house also is kind of like, um, you know, your, what you're thinking about, like in the future, like what you're like, uh, your. if they say wishes, hopes and dreams. It's like, I'm always like focused on very like immediate personal domestic things in a long range type of like large way. Like I, I'm, I'm thinking like, so people that have cancer on the 11th house can feel really co- like communally connected with a wide array of of people uh and can have like deep friendships that i you know there's third house friendships and there's 11th house friendships the 11th house friendships are like our friendships you know we don't actually like um we're we're, we're friends because we are interested in similar things we have a friend alliance of,
2: an alliance which,
1: even for us it says it's that it's the 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 your the goals that you have and the people that you bring into your life to meet those goals it's mm-hmm. like network like that so um, I always am involved in networking with tons of women and moms and like around food I've been involved in a lot of also I want to say cancer creates and starts new things I've founded probably 12 clubs
0: (sighs) whoa 12 clubs dang that is a cancer ruling the 11th house I started 12 clubs I love it you know too um, there's this mantra that um, I wanted to say I could just bring it up now uh, a mantra for um, you know, with with the can- anything cancerian uh, that if you need can- nurturing and all, there's there's these divine mother mantras, and there's this one called the Green Tara mantra in Buddhism. It's Om tare tu tare Ture Soha, and um, it's also known as Green ma- the Green Tara mantra. But the Green Tara is in Buddhism is the Bodhisattva, an enlightened being, a compassionate being. But it's the Bodhisattva of compassion and action. And so I thought, wow, that's so perfect for cardinal sign cancer, right? That like you could you could call on the Bodhisattva, you know, with this um, green Tara with this. I know the Dalai Lama that when they asked him in the pandemic opened up, he said, you know, they said, well, what mantra would you recommend? And he, he recommended that mantra, the green Tara mantra, but it's just something that you mentioned uh, that I just thought, um, I know she just jumped off, but that's, that's okay. Okay. Um, Yeah. That, that whole thing about compassion and action. And, um, yeah. How about the 12th house? Ooh, boogity boogity 12th house. That is probably the most difficult house in the Zodiac, but it always has the greatest opportunity as well. You know, the the farther
2: we go. I love the 12th house. It's actually my favorite. Um, it is really, Yes, probably because I I have uh, Scorpio rising and Mars is in the 12th. So I have a real affinity for the 12th house. And I have uh, several really close people in my life that have 12th house um, cancer placements and uh, they have had real big struggles with mom. Oh, yeah. Really big struggles with mom. Not I'm just those are people that I've had experience with Um, just based on their experience that's just part of the blind spot and they have um, to eh, in order to like heal that they need quite a bit of time and self-awareness on that and and to be able to process it now i'm not saying that's for everybody with 12th house um but a, a lot of the people that i've experienced that have had 12th house cancer it's just part of their journey of one of the more challenging things that they have to go through in order to um evolve and Get, get through and experience another version of that to sort of repave the pavement.
0: Right, because Saturn is the, um, it's the joy of Saturn in the 12th house. So yes, things, re, um, it can be feel cold and melancholy and lonely and depressive, but over time, I love the fact that Saturn had, there, there's this notion of, this, of, of regeneration through time, like yeah. time heals all wounds you know and so yes there is that's the, that's the hope of the 12th house is that there's always a regenerative quality that it would you have to be patient for and maybe when you're older or whatever that you know that you you see the the turnaround in that that you get the yeah. wisdom of it
2: and just like all of these placements that we've been talking about it all depends on where the moon is in your chart so right. if for example one person that i was thinking particularly had trouble big trouble with mom had the moon in the 12th house as well oh, so yeah moon in the 12,000 cancer, it's an exo- it's the, you know, it's in its home sign, it's domicile, but it's also, it's just even more of a daily experience. Like that's something that they have to, they have to deal with often, right? Like this mother uh, challenge, it's just part of their life more often than not. And it's a big part of their, their experience on earth. Yeah. I can
0: feel like you're, I love the word that Judy used. Um, um not windswept what do you call it when you're uh shipwrecked yeah it's like mm-hmm. any any you know sign in there that's the, what the house represents so you know feeling shipwrecked or feeling there's a loss of agency that like you can't seem to get your feet you know solid regarding cancerian themes mother family yeah. home but what's what's fictions Yeah,
2: exactly. But what's usually I find the most, the more I learn astrology, the more I come to this realization that whatever is the cause or whatever is the problem, the same thing is the cure. So if you have a problem in that 12th house and it's difficult, you have a problem that keeps, you know, like feeling shipwrecked or not seen or um, lonely. It is a place where you have to go. It's very, that's a very retreat, a retreating place where you have to go and, and really understand that, but you have to go deep to understand it. But usually, whatever is the cause, it's also the cure. So you find those elements and, you know, re, reclaim them for your own self. The
1: oh, same beautiful. things that
2: cause the problems. Neat. Well,
0: uh, let me see. Um... That, thank you, that was great. A trip through the, that was a deep dive through the 12 houses. Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting it to be that, but I'm very grateful. Um, I think we're all really grateful. Um, I I just wanted to say, you know, yeah, we covered the Queen Tara. Um, Oh, I have some lists of famous celebrity, you know, celebrities who have, uh, who are, who are cancers. And the other thing is, um, you know, just coming up here and being, lightening it here. things to do, uh, how to how to best deal with a cancer, you know, what to avoid, uh, what to do, um, or when it's for everyone, like right now we're in cancer season as I'm recording this. So, you know, what to do in cancer season, but um, so if you're dealing with a cancer, what are the, I know for me, it's like really be a listener, uh, warm, fuzzy, warm, fuzzy always works. Literally, you know, a warm, fuzzy sweater. <laughs> But um, I would say too, like the thing to avoid would be like um, you, you know, can that energy can be t- can freeze? Like you think about the properties of water. Water can can flow or can become vapor and disappear or can become ice. You know, so don't like freeze out your emotions where you're not available and um, or ghosting. Like I think of if water evaporates like into vapor, it's like you could ghost somebody that you don't like cancel culture you know
1: (laughs) so those are just things i'm coming up with how about you guys well you know cancer's reputation for being very sensitive is i believe well true um and so um and they're sensitive about being sensitive yeah (laughs) right exactly they appreciate it when they meet a person that appreciates their sensitivity Um, very much. So if you want to actually like make a cancer feel good, then you just have to accept whatever is going on without a lot of, you know, cancer is very reflective, very projecting, you know, it's the moon, it's very unconscious um energy and we don't want everything about every energy to be conscious don't you want to have some parts mm-hmm. of your body that function without you thinking about it don't you want to blink and breathe and all of that stuff and aren't those things important so cancer's like usually not given the credit for um being as like we we get written off a lot for not being uh the, for our intelligence not being um we, we get told we're irrational and it's true but that doesn't mean unwise at all times. That's that, that doesn't mean incorrect always. Um, and, and so to honor the irrational parts of yourself um, in balance with the rational thing is something that's good to do in cancer season because even if you're not a cancer, the feelings of everybody are gonna be more intensified. The emotional reaction is gonna be stronger. They're very emotionally reactive and that can work out well, and that can work out really uncomfortably. Um, but um, like I said, it's a full spectrum emotional experience. And so don't get caught up if you don't like the way something is. So like I live in South Florida. It's like, if you don't like the weather, wait a few minutes, it'll change. And that's yeah. how can can do. Um, and so it's yeah. it, they have an ability to forgive people and to, to move on. Actually, they're not as clingy as you think, but um, they don't forget, of course. Right. <laughs> memory is a huge thing. That's why they love genealogy. Really? It's like, but, me- yeah. mem- but,
0: but that can also, you know, the shadow of memory is like, I remember when you, you know, when you, totally. I have yes. this relative, no names, uh, you're, but you're it's dead. like, because yeah, I want like, to pre-show oh,
1: yeah, when, when, when I was thinking about like what I would even think to say about cancer that's most important for like tips is that yes, it's an opportunity like cancer can't get away from their sentimentality and being strongly memory-based, so they need to work with memory in a positive way. They're very receptive to creating new memories, and they're like the the plasticity of the emotional body is very great. It's um, it's just that it also easily goes into habitual ruts. Like, so it's like you have to work with like like you were saying, the strength is the weakness, the weakness is the strength, and a lot of these times. So, cancer also definitely it was mentioned before but use water like uh, for me I'm a cancer son and for my vitality I always have to have like a shower like head or, like force water cardinal water or like I love being in like real waterfalls that's like a cancer water it's like a it's like it's very powerful and water hydrotherapy is extremely healing for cancers or anybody that has uh, a cancer pl- anywhere you have a cancer placement for sure all the water sites but definitely cancer
2: Yeah, I'll piggyback on that a little bit, but because I do every month, I do activities for each sign. And so I've just finished making my activities for cancer and those are perfect. That's part of it is the water. And so one I didn't mention in my, my video is um, float tanks. So it's an immersion of water. So you go into a a sensory, it's like a saltwater tank. It's individual, it's private. Sometimes you can go in with another person, but probably better to go by yourself because when 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 you have that space yourself it feels like you're in utero again and there's so much in our world where we have we're not just like just sitting but we probably have our phone, or we probably are, you know, watching this or that or doing something. But this cancer energy, being in a float tank like that, where sensory deprivation, it allows that nothingness moment, which is rare nowadays. Mm. And having that space for delicious nothingness, like a quiet self time, just floating in a womb-like environment. And it might be uncomfortable at first for some people because we're just not used to nothingness and uh, being but it's a the main takeaway for me for cancer and rachel please let me know what you think about this is that it's not about thinking or analyzing it's about feeling first right it's feeling first and um yeah so i just wanted to share that one
0: that's beautiful i love that yeah that it is that flotation tank is a um it's like a a, like a machine sounds funny a machine womb but it is it creates the womb environment and how important is that? That's, that's awesome. Uh, Yeah. And staying hydrated for sure. And when it's cancer season, no matter where we have this in our chart, you know, staying hydrated. and, um, And I would say too, you know, in terms of emotions, like not trying being present and noticing when we want to hang on to the past in an unhealthy way. I like what Rachel said about positive use of that, like putting together a family scrapbook or genealogy, you know, in the family tree, like that's a positive, happy connection with memories in the past.
2: Um, nostalgia. But
0: yeah, nostalgia, um, but, but you know, hanging on to old hurts. It's like, well, in, you know, in, in 1983, you said, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, it, like, can we let that go? <laughs> like maybe, um, because the only person it hurts, you know, is, is ourselves. Um, and, and, and being very much about their environment, you know, it's like the crab, they get crab, like if you, it's who moved my cheese, you know? It's Ooh. like, oh God, okay, it's all right, okay, sorry, I'll put the cheese back, you know?
1: It's like, Honestly, yeah, you can get a lot. I, yeah, I, that's extremely, cancers are very much affected by their environment. So um, it's super true. And um, so cancers, if you're, if you're in a bad space, and you're in a bad mood maybe change the space and see if your mood improves
0: that's great advice
1: moving to a different room in the house or a different like going outside um because uh we we cannot help it in a way it's just like the receptivity is so great
2: yeah
1: uh, that it's like we it, it is bad that we we don't have great boundaries that's why the crab is like, I mean, is that a great boundary? I don't know, it's a very sperm boundary, but then it's like, is it too strong? it's like, has to be strong because it's protecting this gelatinous, right. whatever. But uh, the other I can thing get, in, cancer, oh, uh, You know, you can take one crab's arm off and throw really it back in the ocean and it'll regenerate.
0: Really? <laughs> Aye. That's, that's like a uh, salamander. I, I didn't know that crabs could do that, wow. That's crazy. Regeneration, right? It's all birth, birth and uh, fertility and regeneration. Life, life and all it's, yeah, that's wild. So um, I just want to um, wrap this up by saying, let's, I have this list of really cool people cancers. um, Ariana Grande, these are the people with sun and cancer. Uh, Selena Gomez, Khloe Kardashian, uh, Elon Musk, is a cancer, who knew? Uh, the comedian Kevin Hart, uh, Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep, they're both cancers. Um, Princess Diana was a cancer. Uh, Tom Cruise is a cancer, very much in the news right now. Uh, Prince William, there's a lot of cancerian energy here. Um, Malala, you know you know Malala, the, the girl from Afghanistan, you- Yousafzai who won the Pulitzer, I mean, um, the Nobel Prize, yeah, like 16, yeah, you think about her standing up for the rights of women, you know, sun and cancer, Mm -hmm. really powerful, sweet, lovely, wonderful people. So anyway, um, I've run out of things to say about cancer, I don't know about you, but (laughs) I'm good. I think we've given everybody a really good thorough, this is like cancer school here. Yeah. Anyway, so again, just to say that um, you can reach Rachel at iHeartAstrology.net and um, you must watch Lindsay's channel, the two, El Natale Astrology and El Natale Gardney, um, both wonderful, great sources of education. So um, anyway, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time, yeah. and, well, your mothers and you're <laughs> such awesome mothers. And um, I learned so much from you, so I, I'm so grateful.
2: Thank you, Irliana. I'm so grateful for you and Rachel as well. Right. Love you guys. Thanks.
0: All right. I'll see everybody soon. And uh, this has been a wonderful episode, Stars. And this is your host signing off, Irliana Samsara and Lindsay Natale and Rachel Middleton, all bidding you adieu until the next time. This is Starsound Speaks, starsoundastrology.com. Thank you all for listening. Take care.